Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Active Quest, episode 16. Uh, I'm your host, Joseph Yaden, and today I am with Chris Penwell. Hello. How's it going, guys? How are things, Chris? It's good to be here with you. Um, and Doing we well. are also we are also with uh, Josh Nichols. Hello, Josh. Joseph, how are you? I'm well. I have a... I've been drinking this. Okay, I know this is annoying, probably, but I'm drinking this Lacroix. La Lacroix. I love Lacroix. Lacroix. Lacroix that's drinking how you one say right it. now. Oh, you are too. Okay, and so the thing is, is my body still doesn't understand that it's not soda. Yeah. Like, I, like, like it goes into my mouth, and my brain's like, "Oh yeah, that's soda," but then it's not soda, and then like um, my my body. Yeah, it's like, confusing oh, wait a your taste buds because it's like, "Oh, that's carbonated. It's gonna taste like liquid cocaine sugar," but then it, yeah, yeah. it's not exactly. And one more time, <laughs> can you pronounce it for me? Because I'm an idiot. One more time. Uh, La Croix. La Croix. It's French, and so you have to sound like you've got good health care. And you're confident. I thought it was Lacroix. Yeah, no. it's not made in France. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's. Hold on, where is it made? Let's see. Uh, it's made in California. What the hell is this bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Outback Steakhouse is from California too. You know? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, anyway, so <laughs> uh, again, starting out with a weird conversation and not not talking about video games. Um, so yeah, uh, today is going to be really interesting because we've got a lot of news. Of course, um, there's we're going to talk about uh, new, possibly new Switch models, which uh, you know, well, the Wall Street Journal has reported on that, and, and that's kind of exciting. Um, so PAX was just this weekend, so there was a slew of news from that, like Borderlands. Uh, three uh, which you may have <laughs> you may have known that that's already in development um the ps plus and games of gold games have been uh announced so we'll talk about that uh another mini console has been announced too so we'll discuss that and then of course uh sony's uh, in playstation's state of play event uh went up i think the day before we published last week's episode, so we didn't actually get a chance to talk about it. Yeah. So we'll talk about that here, plus a, a few other things like Fallout 76 and Drive Club. Um, and then, yeah, and then I know, Josh, you've been playing um, a little bit of Yoshi's Crafted World, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah, and so I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on that. And then, uh, Chris, you've been playing a little game that maybe some people are familiar with called Bloodborne, so we'll get into yes, that. Yes, I have. Uh, and then also I have more to report back on on Sekiro. So there's a whole lot to talk about today. So let's just jump in. Uh, you guys ready to talk about some news? Yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So, yeah, let's just kick things off with the Switch rumor, leak, room, whatever you want to call it. So originally this was from Wall Street Journal, but as we discussed earlier, Chris, uh, <laughs> it's behind a paywall. So we can't really, <laughs> we can't really uh, do anything with that. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, we just pulled this article here from The Verge. This is from Sam Byford. Um, and it reads, quote, uh, Nintendo is working on two uh, new versions of the Switch that could be released as soon as this summer, according to a report in The Wall Street Journal. One of the models is said to be a cheaper variant, while the other device reportedly has, quote, enhanced features targeted at at avid video gamers, in, end quote. Uh, the Wall Street Journal says the cheaper model will omit the vibration feature, suggesting that it won't have detachable Joy-Con controllers at all. It's said to be seen as a successor to the 3DS. Uh, 
Nikkei, Nikkei reported earlier this year that Nintendo was planning to release a smaller Switch with a focus on portability. Uh, the report doesn't have any firm details on the higher-end model, but one source implied uh, that there was more to the revision than a simple performance boost. Even so, there's clear room for improvement in that regard. The Switch uses NVIDIA's four-year-old Tegra X1 processor, and if NVIDIA were uh, to get back into the mobile chip development for Nintendo, it would make a it, it could make for major gains in the power and, and efficiency. The Wall Street Journal says that the Switch hardware is likely to be announced at E3 in June. Okay, so yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this because uh, there's a lot actually going on here despite how short that article was. Um, for one, it, the whole, to me, all right, let me just give you my thoughts quickly. So the, the whole point of the Switch is that you switch from the console to the handheld, right? So like, if there's a version of it that doesn't switch, then I don't know why I call it the switch. You know, like it's just a weird thing. Kids, yeah, that's, that's why. Know. Because yeah, the two DS, a lot of us were like, "Why is this here?" It's for kids. Like no, parents yeah, I, don't want to buy a three hundred dollar system for their kids, but yeah. like they'll buy a two hundred dollar one that's more durable. No, no, I get that. I, I'm just saying in terms of the naming. The oh naming yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It is it's weird. Like, like Nintendo has never been really great at naming things. I don't <laughs> no, think. they have not. I mean, like the Switch is an okay name. That makes sense. But like, I don't know the the new Nintendo 3DS oh XL. Like, I've got GameStop <laughs> flashbacks from working there. Yeah. I'm here for a pre-owned new 3DS. Oh. oh my god, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of a nightmare. Or like new Super Mario, a used copy of New Super Mario Bros. U on Deluxe. the new Nintendo 3DS. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a fucking yeah. nightmare. So okay, so yeah. Uh, Let's just go around. Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'm excited uh, for these two new Switch models. I think um, the cheaper model will might come like packaged with like Pokemon or something like that. Pokemon Sword and Shield. Uh, I mm. think that'd be very smart of Nintendo to do. Um, I, I think it'd be kind of weird, though, with um, the original game on the Switch. Let's go, because isn't that basically like, <laughs> using the joy cons to you know to, to be you well to be, to be played, only if you, you play the tv yeah you can yeah. yeah you can play it in handheld see that's where it gets weird though like there are just games that just won't work the same way or may not even work at all i don't know like i get why they're doing it it just seems like it's like really it is it almost up. goes against the spirit of what the switch is supposed to do yeah but maybe it doesn't matter maybe they've it's sold so well now that that, that it's fine but um, i think the name convention i don't know it's it's not a big deal, I think. Like they could add something to the name to make it work, mm-hmm. or it's just yeah. a brand, really. It, you're, but you're, uh, you're probably right. I, I just get kind of hung up on semantics. Like, I think that's like <laughs> the biggest thing. I always like get hung up on stuff like that. So, so. But also, like, I'm excited for this beefy switch. Like, I'd love to see more of the modern uh, titles on PS4 and Xbox One. On, right. on the Switch, like, imagine um, a Fallout game, like a modern Fallout game, or a modern Elder Scrolls game on the Switch, or uh, maybe uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 on the Switch, that, yeah, or Final Fantasy and 15. It, right, and I know that you've been holding out on a Switch, so maybe, like, a beefier model might... That's what I'm annoyed about, because I, I want to get a Switch soon, and I'm like... Do I wait until this beefier version yeah, comes you, out? Is it worth think- the upgrade? I think you should wait till E3 and see what it is. Yeah. And then right. make your decision. Um, Josh, mm-hmm. what about you? Um, I 
I'm actually glad that Chris brought that up because I, I this is just what I think personally. I know some people may disagree, um, and it could go either way. But I don't think we're going to see either either exclusive games to this new model, or if we do, I think it'd be like the new 3DS. Um, God, that name. Um, where there'll like be a couple, but I don't think they're gonna do too too many because I don't think they're going to want to abandon you know this existing uh you know model. What I think we're going to see is uh, improved battery life, um, 1080p instead of 720 on the system and i think we're just going to see like the existing games run a little bit better um kind of like a pro or an x for the playstation xbox respectively however i don't think it's going to be like you know 4k or anything i think it's just going to be hey guys this one's a hundred dollars more the battery life's better the screen's a little bit bigger you know that sort of thing which i mean i'll buy one that sounds fine i'm excited but but do you think I mean, the whole point of, of having a beefier system is so that it runs be- like better game. You know, it can run. Red yeah, I just think Nintendo so, won't want to do too many. I don't. Th- okay, let me say this. I don't think we're going to see any first party exclusives, but I wouldn't be surprised if like Red Dead Two and a few others were on that, on that model. But I don't think we're going to see any Nintendo first party exclusives. For I that think you're model. wrong. I I think yeah. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. Uh, th- uh, on the 3DS was exclusive to the system. And there it were, was, but there that other wasn't exclusive the only, games. That wasn't that the too. debut version of it, though. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. Well, and my thing too is just like that would be really weird. Like, okay, say there are three Switch models. Jesus. Well, and what you can only play Red Dead on one of them. Like, I don't know. To me, that just seems like you're you're breaking up the the audience. Yeah, I think Nintendo's weary of doing that, but, especially because of all the good faith and this huge base they've got. Yeah, and and also it it's just weird in terms of like you know you've already have like a several million units out there, right? And then what you're just gonna basically say, okay, you all have to buy a new thing. Like I get putting yeah. out a I get putting out a less expensive one, but if you're but then also if you're not gonna have uh you know better not better in terms of quality, but like higher fidelity games. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to do that, then what's the point of putting out... Yeah, I think it'll be like an X or a Pro. I think we'll have improved battery life. I think it'll yeah. maybe run at 1080, I think, bigger I screen. I think that would probably be, like, the safest thing to do, but then also people might not buy it. Like, if all it is is just better battery life and whatever, like, it can run run at a better right. resolution. Allow me to be crazy a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. What if these games could be streamed to the Nintendo Switch instead yeah. of the Pro version? And have yeah, that I was, available. I was thinking that. I don't know that they would do that. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like there's an elegant solution either way. I mean, yeah, it, it, the streaming, I guess, would work. But uh, I mean, you know, the, we've talked about this before, before. The internet in the U.S. isn't that great, and I don't know that they would. I don't know that they would do that. I don't know. I, I, but either way, if this report is real, I'm very curious to see what happens, and uh, I, I want to know what exactly that higher fidelity model is going to be. And I think that lower model too will have a uh, uh, closable screen, like the. the oh, see, that's like cr- I just can't. Be- I don't know. I can't believe they would do that. But but anyway, we'll see what happens with that. I uh, it's really weird because c- the switch has been so successful for them to stray too far away from that. You know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So at E3, we'll find out more about that. Chris, um, definitely wait though. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because okay. even if you decide like, oh, these these changes aren't really worth it, you'll probably be able to get mm-hmm. a slightly cheaper, you know, maybe a good deal on. Or whatever. Just, yeah. Just have an upgraded version of current games would be amazing. Like, I'd love to play Breath of the Wild in the best way possible. So yeah. yeah. 
yeah. Um, so yeah, that, and then we'll see what happens with that. Um, moving on from here, we got a, a look at Wolfenstein Youngblood, uh, which looks really, really cool. Um, and we don't, you know, we're not going to get too uh, far into it here, but um, it, there was just like a, a brief teaser shown um, from Machine Games. Um, and what's really cool about this one is that it's got like, it's got co-op in it, which we haven't, I don't think seen before, right? Uh, not not play- Wolfenstein, no. I don't think we've seen that before in Wolfenstein. Um, so let's see. Uh, let me just skim through this here. Um, okay, yeah. So here's what's really cool. There's a deluxe version, um, which is going to be 40 bucks. The base version is just 30 but the Such a good the- price, too. Like, damn. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. If you get the deluxe version, um, it, it comes with some cool features. So those who uh, purchase the this version of Youngblood will gain access to a buddy pass. <laughs> Um, the the pass allows players to essentially share a copy with the uh, share a copy of the latest Wolfenstein with a friend, kind of like what that. Oh, one, I didn't know that. A way um, out. A way out. Yeah, kind of like what a way out did. Um, so long as said friend is playing co-op with someone else who owns the game, they will have access to uh, the title free of charge. So so really, it's like you're chipping in ten bucks for your buddy to play. Which a way out did do that for free. But that like, was free. This yeah. isn't a bad deal though. Like that's that's and it's 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 not stuck to one person. Like you can play with whoever. Right. Yeah. You know. So so and you play as uh, it, I guess they're the the daughters. Uh, yeah. Yep. Of, of BJ, BJ and uh, I can't remember his wife's name, which is terrible because his wife's awesome. Um, but yeah, it's 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 their daughters. It takes place like seventeen years, I think, in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So man, for that price and for you know being able to play co-op, I mean, I don't know. I know um, Chris, you've been playing uh, one of the Wolfenstein games recently, and and you, you're the first pretty time. into it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, the first oh, one. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so I can just imagine like playing on that engine with a friend. I think that'd be really fun. So uh, I don't think we got a release date. Oh, yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, yep, uh, July 26th. That'll be out. Correct me um, if I'm wrong, too, Joseph. Isn't this uh, mandatory co-op? I don't think it's mandatory co-op. No, let me see. I've got the article here. This is from Zarmina from PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, she, let's see. Let me, I don't think... Uh, da, 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 this opportunity to co-op. I don't think it's mandatory co-op. Hmm, no. Okay. Yeah, I think I think there's like AI, but you can you can play co-op with a friend. Um, I'm sure somebody will correct. Well, as long as the AI is better than Resident Evil Five, will be good, which I'm sure it will be. That's like the <laughs> that's like the the foundation for the lowest bar. I as long as it's better than that co-op yeah. AI. Yeah, I don't think I think you can play with a friend. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm excited though. It looks really great. Um, I was on board and going to buy that day one when they just said they were making it. So yeah. You and know. it's coming. It's it's coming to Switch too, which is fantastic. Yeah, and uh, panic, panic, uh, panic buttons doing the port too. Oh, which and did, they, they did the port of the uh, second one on the Switch. Um, and then also, also, um, and, and my cats are being crazy right now. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> they just like beat the shit out of each other all the time. Um, anyway, uh, um, we also got a lot of Borderlands news. Um, so, uh, Gearbox had a panel at, uh, PAX this weekend or this week. And, um, man, there was a ton of stuff and it was so funny because I like Gearbox because they're sort of self-aware, like, you know, yeah. like they know that it's kind of like, you know, they know how to joke around and stuff like that. Randy so actually, on stage doing fucking magic tricks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they announced Borderlands 3. Um, and of course everybody, I mean, that's like. I referred to it as like one of gaming's worst kept secrets, right? Because it's just like obviously, <laughs> it's and been I think rumored they, forever. Well, not even has it been rumored, but like I think they've pretty much talked it. Like they've said, yeah, we're, we're working on Borderlands. Right they now. said something like we're working on. <laughs> Randy said a few months ago, he said something like we're working on what everyone would probably want us working on, or something like that. Yeah, and everyone like, was like, oh, Borderlands. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I've got actually an article pulled uh, from you, Chris, right here um, hey. from PlayStation Lifestyle. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing because obviously the main point is just Borderlands 3 is, uh, was revealed. But I, I did want to cover this last little portion here. Um, uh, you said, quote, during this jam-packed panel, the developer also announced that the original Borderlands Game of the Year edition will be coming to uh, PS4, Xbox One, PC um, next week, April 3rd. So, woo! I just think that's a, like absurd, like that turnaround. Well, yeah, not the turnaround really time, exciting. but like time from announcement till till uh, release. You know, is very short. Um, plus, all of the DLC from Borderlands Two will be available as a free addition to the PlayStation VR version this summer. Um, and if that's not enough, Borderlands: The Handsome Collection will be getting a 4K 4K update on uh, April third with PS4 Pro uh, and remastered environment uh, environment mm-hmm. textures, better weapons, and that Xbox kind of One X. Yeah, and the um, interesting thing is that we'll get more information on Borderlands Three on April third as well. Yeah, so they also did say there's going to be—I don't remember to what extent—but there's going to be some extra content in the first Borderlands remaster as well. Right. Yeah, they they added some some extra goodies there. Um, cool. So I I'm not like a wild. Per, like i'm not wild about borderlands but i've played the first two and i thought they're they're fun they're just sort of like mindless fun games to just play with a friend and you don't mm-hmm. really like have to concentrate too hard um are you guys into the borderlands games i've never played them but oh. i've owned the handsome jack collection and then i own the first one which is backwards compatible on xbox one and uh my wife and me are going to play them together at some point because i they're supposed to be really fun to play together um so this is one of those things where I'm excited it's happening because I know there's some huge fans of the series, um, but yeah, right. I mean it's it's exciting, it's cool. Yeah, it's uh, I'm pumped. I th- I think they're really great co-op games because you just like I don't know, it's just so funny and weird, and you just like go around shooting things, and the I love that the number counter comes up to show you your damage and everything. Um, yeah, and, and I gotta say though, I'm a little nervous because uh, 2K is their publisher, and 2K mm. has really, really, really triple down on microtransactions uh in recent years so i'm hoping that we don't see uh intrusive microtransactions like uh, gta online and stuff you know it's pretty much guaranteed that that borderlands 3 is gonna have as long as they're cosmetic only and not like you know insane i don't don't care but Uh, i I mean just to be clear they haven't they haven't confirmed that or anything like that but i can't imagine borderlands 3 coming out without having microtransactions Mm -hmm. um do you agree with that statement chris what do you think about that um, I definitely think it's going to have microtransactions of some sort. It's just that this kind of game is kind of rife for that. Like you have yeah. like, a bunch of customizations you can add to your car or your like character. Like the shift keys and two. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm, I'm pumped for this game. Like, I, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, Borderlands 1 is my favorite in the series, so I, I'm excited to play it next week. Uh, but uh, with Borderlands 3... They're up in the ante. They're adding more stuff. Um, the yeah, the, their uh, enemies look well. The villains look really cool. Right. So, Some people were that. saying that the trailer was kind of weak, but dude, I've always thought no the way. Like really exciting. <laughs> like all of them. Yeah. I Are think you there was kidding a, me? I think there was like a Polygon article about that or something, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah. Oh. And it was like Borderlands Three is disappointing or something like that, and everybody was just like getting. I kind of saw Kotaku and Game Informer echoing that sentiment. I'm like, really, guys? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just uh, you can't please everybody. Yeah. So. 
But it's been so long that I've missed the series, so I'm, I'm excited to, to, to play this again. So Right. Well, it's yeah. been seven years since, too. And I say since, yeah. too, because the pre-sequel wasn't as beloved by a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so that seems like it's a, a game that a lot of people are excited for. Um, one thing that a lot of people are not excited for are April's <laughs> PS Plus games. Uh, um, okay, so uh, we'll talk about the announcements uh, in just a second. But I just wanted to, to say that I was really pleased with March's uh, PS Plus games. I know I've, I've beat the drum on that. We don't have to talk anymore about that. But I just wanted to say, like, even with it just being two games, I was really pleased. And I know a lot of people could objectively look at The Witness and Modern Warfare Remastered and say those are good games to have. Um, but, uh, so they announced April's games, and it's just two games again, um, and that is uh, Conan Exiles, which I hadn't even really even, like, seen before. Like, I've heard of it, but I haven't actually, like, looked at it until they yeah. they announced this. And The Surge, which is, uh, that one's not too bad. But people's general re- reception to this has been negative. Uh, and understandably slow, uh, understandably so. Um, and I know, Chris, you had uh, some words about this as well when we were talking in, in the Slack chat at work. So what, <laughs> I guess I'll start with you. What What are your, I mean, how upset about you are, are you at I, this? <laughs> I, honestly, Conan, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, like, th- this game looks rough, dude. Like yeah. it looks really bad, but um, I uh, the surge I'm I'm kind of anticipating, like the Lords of the Fallen, well, uh, their previous game uh, I can't remember the studio now, um, but that that game was pretty disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, when, you didn't when like it came out for plus Lords of the Fallen. Yeah, yeah. It, um, the controls just felt a bit off, and it, it just felt like right. a copy of Dark Souls, which was. Pretty much it. Um, but the surge, I don't know, it has a, I've heard that it's an improvement on Lords of the Fallen and it has its yeah. own aesthetics. So, um, I'll give this a shot. Yeah, I think on PlayStation Lifestyle, we gave it like an eight or like, so, oh, like okay. either 7.5 or 8.5, somewhere in there. Like it, it reviewed pretty well. Um, but yeah, Con- I looked at our review for Conan and I'm just like, oh man, no, thank you. It, like the, in the excerpt at the end, it was just like, uh, janky, like feels unfinished, feels early access, like that. Um, but in its defense, though, it's probably been updated a lot since its initial release, so it could be good now. So, I suppose, yeah. Uh, what about what about you, Josh? Um. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm yeah. listening. I just, <laughs> I'm just gonna say something you guys probably won't really agree with. This is just uh, another month where I'm not convinced to double up on my. Uh, premium subscriptions for consoles like i oh. i only have gold and this this just reaffirms that oh yeah like i'm totally with you. i thought you were gonna say oh I'm, i really like these games <laughs> no no these games look like shit to me like i'm I, <laughs> once again once again once again i'm like i'm good with just having a gold subscription well um, i don't know i mean i think the surge is i don't think the surge is shit i think no, the surge looks game... okay but i own dark souls one two three and bloodborne I haven't played any of them so i'm not really in a hurry to Play the surge, you know what I yeah, mean. The, but the surge is is more like a, it's like a sci-fi version, which we actually yeah. Haven't I mean, it really looks seen. all right, but it also goes on sale a lot, you know. Well, and actually, it does on Xbox. A, I don't know if it does on PlayStation. That's, oh, a, good that's a good point. That's a good point. And and you know what's funny is that when I, I actually covered this story for for the site, and the like a year ago, randomly one day, the surge premium edition or complete edition, or whatever, was on sale for free 
for for PlayStation Plus members. It wasn't oh, yeah, a PlayStation right. Plus <laughs> game, but there I don't I can't remember how long it was. Maybe there was like a week. It was or quick. Something. Like people were thinking it was yeah. kind of an error. I think. Yeah, and I think maybe it was an error. But but my point is that there are a lot of people who already have this. game. It doesn't look like a bad that. game. It doesn't look like oh man, I better pull my credit card up and sign up for Plus like now. Yeah. You know. Oh, it, looks, yeah, exactly. it looks all right. So uh, yeah. So I I don't know. I'm hoping that something changes with the PlayStation uh. Plus. Uh, set up and we get either more game. I don't know. I I, I, I really... think they should include like the PS2 classics, uh, some PlayStation VR games. You know, just to keep people happy. But... I always thought it'd be cool too, and this, this goes for for plus angle. I always thought it'd be really cool if they gave you an option to be like, do you want this one game or do you want these two games? And like the one game, like you know, would cost more like for them. So like you're only getting one. Yeah, I, I always thought it'd be how... kind of cool to give kind I... of a choice. That that would be. F- fine i think but i don't know how that would work on the back end like i feel like that might be really complicated to yeah yeah but i mean if they're going to offer less games and it'd be kind of cool if they experimented a little bit with the offering right so what would you like to see in the future joseph by the way oh god i mean i was okay with with just having two games as long as it's like quality titles right but i mean even even considering that the surge is a pretty good game I think most would argue that that's not like that's the high point for this month, and that's not saying yeah, much. yeah, and like that's not really what they what they're wanting. And then obviously Conan is like pretty much unacceptable, right? Like I'm not so, even adding that to my library, dude. <laughs> yeah. So so um, I don't know. I also want to say point this out really quick too. I saw on the PlayStation subreddit a lot of people were saying like at least with uh, getting games for PS3 and Vita and PS4. Even if we didn't get, like, amazing games, we got, like, an interesting lineup of indies sometimes. So, like, mm-hmm. kind of like with Game Pass and Xbox, like, games you might not traditionally check out, but, like, hey, it's right here, I'll check it out. And then, like, it ends up being something really cool that you might not have played, yeah. you know? I think so, I think they'll have to change something. I think the community has been too loud about it, so. I, I like what Chris said. Give, you throw a PS2 classic game in there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. A little ape escape action or something. Yeah, no like one's that. gonna get pissed off about like, hey, do you guys want Max Payne two this month? Like that. Oh be my fun. god, that would be amazing. Oh yes, I would love that. Oh my god, I would love that. But instead, they're like, hey, do you want to <laughs> play a game where slavery is a mechanic? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh no. God. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry, that game. I will never play that game. So uh, we also got uh, the games with gold games announced. Um, so those actually. Mm, Kind of okay. So this is weird because I feel like the the quality of these games is about what we got for PlayStation. But since there are more of them, it somehow seems more excusable. So on Xbox One, uh, Xbox Live Gold members can download the Techromancer for free during the month of April, um, and then Outcast Second Contract. I haven't even heard of that game. I haven't uh, either. Will be available uh, as a free download from April sixteenth to May fifteenth. Um, and then on Xbox One, starting April 1st, Star Wars Yay. Battlefront 2 will be free. So that's a good one um, yeah. for oh, yeah. Xbox Live members uh, through April 15th. And then on April 16th, Xbox Live Gold members can download Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2, or as I like to call it, Graw 2, um, for free through April 30th. So so Graw 2, I think, is a is a, a good one, and especially yeah. with, with the the positivity surrounding um, the new uh, Ghost Recon game, mm-hmm. Wildlands, I think people might be willing to jump into that. And then obviously uh, Battlefront, people are really into. Um, Technomancer has gone on sale a couple times here. Like well, I say, couple, kind of frequently. And yeah. I've almost bought it a few times. So I'm excited to check that out because I've heard it compared to uh, KOTOR, like in its mechanics. And I like, I love, like, I really? love KOTOR. Huh. Um, I just, so I'm excited it, for that. But yeah, I've never yeah. heard about last. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So, I mean, it, I think, like I said before, I think it seems like it's fine since there are more games, right? And I they've guess. been giving away Star Wars games consistently, which is really exciting. And mm. I say really exciting for two reasons. One, it's Star Wars. And two, um, it's really cool because uh, the 360 and original Xbox games, um, the way gold works is you actually own those forever, whether your subscription's active or not. You actually are purchasing them for $0.00. And zero cents. Oh, um, that's different than PS Plus. PS Plus, you basically, you don't really like own them technically because if your subscription lapses yeah that's how it is for the games. xbox one games but 360 and original xbox games you're purchasing them for free like you, okay. you actually go to huh. a buy screen it says zero dot zeros you know you're buying them for free um so um it's really cool because we've got republic commando last month so like i own that forever now and uh the month before that or at least recently it was jedi academy uh, oh yeah so like it's just really cool seeing all these star wars games i almost bought battlefront 2 uh, a couple times because i bought the first one already um, I love them both, but like I think one's more balanced. And then one thing I want to say really, really fast that I think is really interesting, a lot of people are speculating, it's probably nothing, but when Major Nelson announced these games uh, in uh, a video recently, he said something like, uh, I don't remember what exactly what it was, he said something like, uh, you'll get to check out Star Wars Battlefront 2's mini modes and online features uh, next month. And so a lot of people are wondering, like, are they going to somehow, like, EA obviously wouldn't just be like Microsoft, but are there going to be like servers booted up for this game or something? Because uh, right now, uh, 360 and Xbox original games, you, you you can't play those online. Um, they end up changing a couple years ago. Interesting. So yeah, like it could be nothing, but there's been a lot of speculation on like the Xbox subreddit and kind of the Xbox corner of Twitter because huh. the, the wording was just really like, hmm, you yeah, know. weird wording. Wow. Interesting. Xbox that- is on there right now. And you know what's funny? Xbox is on it right now. Yes, but people like don't really pay attention to it. Like, uh, I know. Like, like PlayStation good stuff, and everyone's like, Meh. yeah. PlayStation still has like almost a hundred million units, or PS4, a hundred million units, right? And then like Xbox, Xbox One maybe has half of that, maybe. And it's mm-hmm. just so weird that that like they're really trying, and you can tell that they're giving a shit and making an effort. And well, I'm not... like they're they're as far as consu- like pro consumer stuff, they're they're killing it, you know. Right. Like, but no one no one's paying attention. So it'll be interesting to see how that changes uh, next gen when they right. have a fresh start to kind of. I'll, I'll just say this: like I think they're getting prepared, like Nintendo was with the Wii U. They didn't have a lot of games at the end of that cycle i think we'll get a lot of games on the first year for the next oh, xbox dude, for sure. xbox bought like everybody kept saying last year's e3 for xbox is lackluster i'm like uh they b- bought a whole bunch of studios like you know like they're gonna hit the ground running yeah yeah i mean for fuck's sake they bought in exile and they bought um obsidian oh, was yeah obsidian like guys that's black isle studios cut in half they created fallout like that's exciting <laughs> yeah so anyway, i'm sorry, sure uh, so I'm sure we'll hear a lot about what Xbox is is going to be doing here in the coming months. Um, a company that I wasn't expecting to hear much about <laughs> in, in the coming months is Sega. Um, so, uh, okay. When I saw this news, I was just like, what? Like, uh, okay. Like, I, I guess it makes sense, right? But anyway, um, Sega is releasing a... a you know, Genesis Mini, I guess is what it's being called. Sort of like the PlayStation Classic or uh, NES Classic, that kind of thing. So I've got an article here from US Gamer. This is from Matt Kim. And it reads, uh, Sega Genesis Mini will release in September with 40 games. Um, Sega announced a price, release date, and some games for its retro mini console, the Sega Genesis Mini. 
The throwback console will include 40 games and will be available on September 19th for $79.99. There will be uh, 40 games total for the Genesis Mini uh, with what looks like uh, to be some regional differences for software depending on whether it's a Japanese or US slash European version of the Mini console. So far, Sega's confirmed the following 10 games out of the 40 uh, for the US version of the Genesis Mini. Now, let me just take a, a quick moment to mention that that's what happened with the PlayStation Classic, where they announced like a few games at first and then <laughs> came back with the rest of them. So I don't know if that's a good Everyone sign was like, not. we've got some good heavy hitters so far. Surely the rest will be amazing. Yeah. Ah. So, he, so here are the games that they've got so far Altered Beast, which that game can suck my ass. Um, Castlevania. <laughs> That no, game, he's right. That game. That, that game, game sucks. Oh my god, yeah. that game sucks. I'm so sorry, but that game sucks. Um, Castlevania Bloodlines, Comic Zone, Doctor Robotnik's game. Mean Bean Machine, uh, mm-hmm. Echo the Dolphin, which is cool. Um, Gunstar Heroes, Shining yes. Four, Sonic the Hedgehog. Never heard of it. Um, Spare <laughs> Spare Harrier Two and Toe Jam and Earl, which there's uh, recently Dude, a Toe, Toe Jam, Jam and Earl, Earl is life. Those games and the new one looks cool too, but those games are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Um, let's see. I think Lucas. Lucas reviewed that at PlayStation Live Study, and he really liked it. So, and I think the reviews for the the recent Toe Jam. The person that did the review on Destructoid, they'd never played Toe Jam and Earl before, and like they were even like, "Dude, this is fun! Like, this is great." So, yeah, I mean, not surprising, I guess, but I guess I was a little bit taken aback because, like we were talking about before the show, we've already seen like you know, I guess these like sort of knockoff versions of this in like you know Walgreens or whatever. And yeah, they haven't been officially licensed by Sega or anything. Oh yeah, they so, have. Yeah. Oh they, they have. Oh have they? Well, like yeah, officially um, I, like licensed. I don't. Yeah. I didn't think they were. Huh. Yeah, they they're officially licensed and uh, made by At Games, who have a track record of releasing shitty products. <laughs> so I just well, I, want to point <laughs> well, I guess. Out, though, I guess this... what I was. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. I was sorry. I was just gonna say really fast though. That was done before that market was seen as that appealing and viable. So ever since the NES Classic came out and people and like people like, oh, we really don't mind paying a whole bunch of money for a well done emulation box. I think, you know, I think I think it's just worth pointing that out, you know? Well, and what I was going to say is, okay, yeah, maybe they, maybe if they were licensed, okay, fair enough. But they did, certainly didn't feel licensed. Yeah, right. No, they didn't That's, at all. Yeah, because I, 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 I remember seeing those, and I'm just like, uh, okay. And I think we even sold them at GameStop when I worked there. Some like you could, you, I, I've seen them version. at GameStop, yeah. like still, like there's so, one at mine right now. Yeah. So I guess the one thing I wanted to ask you guys is, um, how do you feel about that price, the seventy nine ninety nine price? Like, if the quality is good, I'll buy it. If this is the yeah. PlayStation Classic, but from Sega, then no. Well, it's just weird because like a lot of those games, like you remember playing or you have fun that you, you know the fond connotations too but i don't know that you actually would go back and play through all of them right like like maybe you would play through a couple of them and then t- put it down and then for 80 dollars, i don't know if that's worth the price i guess for, for me like this is a console i really want to get because um i my first console i ever ever played was the genesis so mega drive back in england um and, uh, i i love i love that controller I, I really love that controller, so it'd be great to have a physical version of that. And then flipping the switch on the actual system itself would be sick. So, Chris, you're probably in the same boat as me, though, right? Like, if the emulation's crap and you're... Yeah, if the emulation's bad, then that. But I, I think, because this is a Sega official product um, that they're backing, and it also has third-party games on there, uh, I think this is gonna, gonna be uh, a, a great product. But we'll see. 
We'll see. Right. Yeah, uh, I never really, like, got into Sega. Like, I think I might have, like, a friend might have had one or something when I was a kid. So these games, like, don't speak to me at all. Um, I, I just remember I played Altered Beast probably about God, Altered Beast 15, so 15 years ago. Yeah, that, and I'm just like, why sucks. do people love this game so much? My cat they almost, beating each other I remember correctly, they almost packed that in with the Genesis. And it was like, no, like... <laughs> So what, no. what other games do you want to see on it, Josh? Um, I really want to see uh, Sonic Spinball. I really want to see Golden Axe. I really want to see uh, Cool Spot, because that game's awesome. I don't care what mm. anybody says. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know. There's a lot of really good Sega games out there. Um, I My first system was an NES, but, like, my second system was a Genesis. And mm. even though I prefer the Super Nintendo, like, even though I didn't, I didn't own a Super Nintendo at the time, but, like, now I prefer the Super Nintendo. I still have a lot of love for the Genesis, and there was a lot of really good stuff that it did. So, um, uh, Fantasy Star, for sure. Oh, that's um, a good one. That's a good one. I don't know that it holds up as well today, yeah. but that's a good and one One to thing include. to point out, too, though, that I don't I don't know. We haven't... Sega's released, re-released these games, or I can't really say these games because we don't have the full list. But Sega's re-released a lot of Genesis games numerous times, like on Sonic's... Uh, uh, Genesis yeah. Collection on PS3 and 360. You can get the similar thing on the PS4, which has VR capabilities that are really cool. Xbox One, Switch. So, like, Nintendo hasn't released, like, a, a gigantic NES compilation, like, thing, you know, that you can just buy on uh, other platforms or their own platforms. However... Other than virtual consoles, so I don't know. If this system has specific features on it, so I think that would be really good. But also, we have to consider their third-party inclusions as well, like Castlevania Bloodlines, and that that retails. I I think that retails really high in the in the market. So, uh, oh, like a physical copy? You mean? Yeah, a physical copy is like two hundred bucks. But oh my um, god! But I think I think the used copy. I think a used copy or something just with the with just with the game itself is just sixty bucks or something, but it's still quite a bit. Uh, but the games I want to see on the on the Genesis Mini, whatever it's called, um, are Aladdin. I'd like to see oh, that. Yeah. Oh then, yeah, I'd also great. like to see Why Earthworm Jim. Yeah, Earthworm Jim. Yeah, Earthworm Jim is fantastic. Too. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. That. That's a good point you bring up, though, about the Castlevania being 60 bucks. because if you think about it, like, you know, just say you were to just buy a copy of Castlevania, that's 60 bucks right there for 20 more dollars, you could get, yeah. you know, 39 more games. So if you look at it kind of like, like how much they're worth to get them piecemeal right now, mm-hmm. that, and even if you take that into consideration with the lackluster PlayStation Classic, yeah, okay, say what you want about those games, but even if you were to buy them all separately, however method you want to use, it would still save you a lot of money by just doing the classic, especially now when you can get that thing for like 40 bucks, 50 bucks, you know? Another thing to consider as well is that with the PlayStation Classic, it's fairly easy to get those games on PS3, but with the Sega Genesis Mini, um, I don't think it. I think it's hard to get access right. to some of these games now, like Castlevania Bloodlines, the third-party ones, because yeah. the yeah. Wii Shop channel's down now. So you right. can't get access to that. I don't know what the Wii U, the it's, virtual console it's, has, but it probably isn't yeah, it's as not much the same. It it's not the same. Yeah. So and that's not a very desirable console in the first place. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think this has a good shot, and um, it actually brings value to Sega fans and people who grew up with the Genesis. And I feel like they're probably going to have to make the quality good because they've seen both sides of that with Nintendo. Uh, with both of theirs and then PlayStation. So, like, I would feel like that they would have to be like, all right, let's do this right. 
Right, mm-hmm. and there are other companies too doing their their own uh, mini consoles as well. So it's also so, worth pointing out Konami's been pretty on point with their re-releases recently, like the one on a uh, uh, PlayStation Four with um, oh, Castlevania called, with Symphony of the Night and uh, I can't Rondo of Blood. Rondo of Blood like yeah. that was a fairly decent port, other than like it, it was like the PSP version. So like the voice acting, I could get off on a whole tangent, but I'm saying overall it was it was decent <laughs> though. So I mean that bodes well for Bloodlines. Yeah. Uh, so, one thing I want to ask you guys is, um, do you want to briefly cover the Apple Arcade? Um, yeah, we can we can quickly uh, touch on that. Um, I didn't watch the the like. I guess was it a stream or whatever? Like, yeah, it was conference? a little conference. I kind of followed Polygon's headlines to at work to kind of you know. Yeah, and and. I, to me that's just so out of my wheel wheelhouse if you guys right. have anything you wanted to, to touch on that i know they had like a few different subscription mo- models um sort of like a netflix on your phone but for like you know premium games whatever that means um yeah so for me it's not necessarily my jam but i think it's a really cool exciting thing that's happening so it's one of those mm-hmm. things like why not i don't i don't think it's gonna hurt anything yeah exactly i i just uh <laughs> but that's about all i have to say on it is it's neat it's not for me but i don't think it's bad i think it's right cool. it, it's just with all the different companies having their own subscription models now it makes it really like almost oversaturated right so yeah who who's gonna pay like you know for seven or eight different subscription models it, it, it just is worth pointing out too that it looks like they're doing it right they're working with like some big names oh yeah, yeah. and so chris this chris this library is insane because uh, Apple Arcade is going to feature over 100 new and exclusive games. So that is, it's a big deal. It's a really yeah. big deal. Ho- hopefully they're not diarrhea like the rest of the fucking Apple store. It's just like, <laughs> seriously, the yeah. game, like, okay, yeah, there are probably, there are like a handful of really good games. But oh my god, like, the, the, the curation is a nightmare on there. That's and, the big problem. And the Switch, the Switch has that problem too. Like, there's incredible yes. games on Switch, but the curation on it is like... Yeah, and words. like, it's like, hard to find why anything. Why is this here? It's hard to find anything. So I think that's uh, something that they maybe have going for them with this and that they, you know, the, the games are of a of a specific standard that is not just some bullshit, like whatever, yeah. gotcha game, some bullshit. Part of know. my Friday ritual, I shit you guys not, part of my Friday, weekly, every Friday, my, part of my, my day is getting on the eShop and adding recent releases to my wish list that are interesting to me because the Switch is store is organized so poorly that like I just do that. Yeah, because it's just yeah, it's it's organized poorly. The curation's bad, and that really harms a brand. Because let's say you just bought a Switch or you just subscribed to Apple, you know, like let's say Apple TV has or Apple Arcade has the same issue. You boot it up and you see a bunch of bullshit, and you're like, well, this isn't good. Which isn't true. There could be great things on there, but if the curation's bad, it can really tarnish, you know, what with the appearance of it. Right. So uh, yeah, I don't, we'll have to see what all these subscription yeah. models turn into. Um, so speaking of g- games that have sort of tarnished a brand maybe uh and not maybe not maybe that's harsh to say that but uh i wanted to talk quickly about the drive club story that happened um so they are shutting down the drive club servers uh next year um so i've got an article pulled here um from uh, gamer ranks um this is from mostafa hosam um and i'm not going to read the whole thing but there's a, a little 
excerpt here about you know what the what the deal is here so it reads quote online servers for drive club drive club vr and drive club bikes will shut down on march 31st 2020 all online features including online multiplayer modes will cease on that date you will still be able to uh play and enjoy these games in single player offline modes however uh, the games have sig- significant amounts of online gameplay. So from March 31st, 2020, uh, functionality will be affected in the following ways. You will not be able to use your season pass online, represent your club online in multiplayer events, play online multiplayer and complete challenges, create your own events, uh, compete in leaderboards or share stats. Uh, and you will be able to use your season pass on all single player and offline modes, continue to play all uh to play all game uh, uh, Drive Club, Drive Club VR, and Drive Club Bikes, and DLC single-player functionality in offline mode, earn trophies in single-player offline mode. Um, so I just wanted to cover this um, because I remember when this game launched, it, a lot of people were really mad about it, and I actually played it close to when it came out, maybe like a month afterwards, and I didn't really notice all the issues people were talking about but since it was such an online heavy game uh a lot of the features i guess weren't working and they have since shut down the studio that developed it evolution uh sony did so it's clear that they were not happy with the way this game turned out and that they shut down the studio um yeah what do you guys make of this of the you know closing of online servers for a game that seemingly isn't that old I think if we're keeping with Sony's current trajectory for PlayStation Plus games, I think this will be a plus game next month. I think it already was a plus game, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, that was a... In all honesty, it's it's a bummer. I'm pretty sure it was a a plus game at one point. It was originally going to be a plus game... Um, during the first week of the console's launch. Remember that? Oh, and it got... Yeah, and it got pushed to, like... It's had a rocky history. Yeah. Yeah, I think it got pushed to, like, 2015 or 2016, somewhere in there. Um, and then, yeah, it just came out and I guess was broken. But anyway, I, I played that game a lot. I put, God, probably about 50 hours into that game. Um, and I, I actually ended up, you know, what's funny about that game is I got the platinum trophy in it. Um, but since most of that game is DLC, when you look at the trophies, it says I have the, the, the platinum, but like 20 something percent completion because <laughs> of all the DLC packs. And my and I'm just like, oh, that drives me insane. I'm not about to spend all this money on all this DLC. At least that's split up, though. Uh, on Xbox, like the achievements for DLC, it's it's all wrapped into the, the, the same. You know, it's not separated. I wish it was like I like that on PlayStation. Well, yeah, on PlayStation, the overall score the overall amount is not separated but when you click onto the game you can see all of the packs separately right yeah um but yeah i think chris to your point i mean yeah it's had sort of a rocky history and i just feel bad for the developers at evolution because i don't i don't know how much of that was their fault it's it's easy to just say oh the developer doesn't know what they're doing but i don't know we see schreier do a breakdown of it soon i love his reads on stuff like that yeah. So anyway, people, if you're wanting to get the platinum in in Drive Club and you know pr- participate in the online stuff, I know you can get the platinum offline, but I think playing multiplayer is easier. Um, then you've got about a year to do it. So get on that. At least they're. I mean, to Sony's credit, at least it's a. At least it's being announced this early. You yeah. Know? Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so we've got a couple more stories, and then we'll talk about what we've been playing. Um, so this is a story here. Uh, from uh, Carmena from PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, and this is covering how 
Fallout 76 maybe isn't as bad as we thought, at least financially. <laughs> um, so it reads, uh, Bethesda claims Fallout 76 did, quote, very, very well despite development difficulties. Um, so let's see. Uh, at its PAX East panel, Bethesda admitted that it faced, quote, a lot of difficulties during Fallout 76 development, which became, <laughs> <I'm so excited. laughs> yeah, which became apparent upon launch. Executive produce, producer Todd Howard said that the game was, uh, was a, quote, very, very new thing for the developers who expected several bumps on the road as a result. Um, and this is from Todd Howard, uh, quote, uh, we definitely had some difficulties, some of them much harder than we anticipated, revealed Howard, um, this was a very new and different project for us. We're still doing other things that are more traditional, as I would call them, Bethesda games. That's so weird to say that. <laughs> um, and, then, <laughs> and then it goes on. Uh, we have a huge, millions of players, a great player base in this game. Um, we're getting ton- tons of feedback, he continued. Our goal is to build is to build kind of a fallout platform we have tons of ideas it's been kind of a wild journey so far and we're excited uh there's a ton of cool content coming um and then yeah they i know they recently uh released their sort of roadmap with everything to come this year um but i think the main point out of that is that they have millions of players and i know we were discussing what that actually means and i i don't think that's millions concurrent and no or or, or maybe maybe it is millions concurrent but but very low millions i think what they're talking here is like they have millions of players like overall that have played their game maybe i don't know i i I actually covered a story on this recently and i couldn't find substantial numbers uh i the only thing i could find is like you know fallout 4 numbers which isn't relevant so i couldn't find like uh concurrent player amounts on this Mm -hmm. which was disappointing um but yeah what's interesting about this is that you know in our sort of gaming circle on twitter and everybody it's it's pretty easy to get caught up in oh this game sucks or like an opinion you constantly see but to the general public who doesn't even like talk about video games who just buys games and plays them i think this game people like it out out in the general public maybe like they don't hate it as much as we do in the sort of uh you know how we critique games in, in our realm here so, yeah, I don't know. It's an, it's just basically an interesting you got story. a really good back of the box quote, and it's it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not that or bad. It could be worse. I mean, and I did I did see a lot of pictures from uh, PAX where there was a lot of people that were like excited about Fallout seventy six. So, I mean, you know, good for really? them. That's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it. I think we just hear about how much we hate it because it's just sort of in our it's little kind of an echo chamber. It's yeah, it's just in our little in our little bubble almost right so like it's easy to get caught up in that but to the general public i mean it sold million it did really well sold millions of copies and i i think that game despite everything was pretty successful for them so yeah uh, i guess congratulations to bethesda yay Uh, um so yeah uh let's move on to one more story here and then we'll talk about what you're playing i wanted to get your guys's thoughts on the playstation state of play sort of broadcast direct whatever you want to call it um (laughs) so josh i'll go ahead and throw it your way since i know you have a lot to say about this um okay so i i uh i I had i had polygon i had kotak i had my usual sites like just pulled up and my went my separate like game uh window at work and I, i kept refreshing all the pages and the first thing I want to say is, when it was over, I still I was still refreshing because I was like, it can't <laughs> yeah. be over. That can't be it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then another thing I want to say, and the other the other end of the spectrum, because that obviously is kind of a negative comment. I do want to say this: a lot of things announced, I'm excited about and going to buy. 
Um, but I, I think this, this, this kind of thing is just kind of, um, the, the common criticism against PlayStation in a bottle. Like they're very, when PlayStation's on top, when they're winning, they're very quick to be like, oh, we don't need to go to E3. We're going to do these instead. And you know, it, it didn't really land very well overall in the PlayStation community. Um, I don't think the presentation itself was super great. Um, I don't think the flow, I don't think the, uh, the pacing of it was very good. Um, I think even in those announcements, like, here's my big thing. I've seen better stuff announced just randomly on a Wednesday than what we got in here. (laughs) Um, Like, from from PlayStation. Um, So, I I don't think that they... I think think it's, like, as good as Inside Xbox usually is, which, again, Inside Xbox isn't a replacement... Inside Xbox isn't a replacement for going to E3. This is... Well, we don't know. We don't know that they it's said they're not to going repla- to E3. I know they're not supposed to go to. They're not going to E3, but I don't know that this is supposed to like replace E3. I don't know that we're getting one in E3. We just don't know enough about it to. to That's true. Okay. Comment on so what, maybe that was just an assumption on my what part. What it is. So I don't but, think this was bad, but I guess to put it with, I'll put it in the same category as as recent reception Fault seventy six. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> well, you know, it was all right. If I was going to give it a rating, I give it a six out of ten. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. like, I think that's fair. Um, Josh, what was your favorite announcement they had? Um, I, I've never... If, if you if you have a favorite announcement. Yeah, no, I mean, there, like I said, there was plenty of things in there I'm going to buy. You know, like, there was good announcements in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wasn't excited, like, overall with this format. Um, and I'm hoping that this is... I hope, I'm hoping that we see State of Play improve. I'm definitely all for these kinds of presentations. I, I love Nintendo Directs. It's just this this was too little for me. Um, but I'm very excited for a lot of the VR announcements, which kind of leads into my next point, which was, this was mostly about VR and like, dude, I love PSVR, but PlayStation VR's attach rates, like not super huge for PlayStation 4 owners. So I don't think that, I think that's one reason that the, the reception, of this has been kind of mixed. Um, yeah. the thing I'm most excited about, I can't remember the name of it, but, um, there is a, a game, a PSVR game that was announced, um, where it's one of those like uh, uh, outer space kind of thrillers. I forgot the name for that genre, if there is a name for it, but I, I love that kind of uh, thing. Oh, it kind of reminds uh, me of the Observation? Opening. Yeah, I think it's Observation. Called. Yeah. But um, kind of like the opening to KOTOR 2, where like you're trapped in a space station. I love that trope in sci fi. Like, I want more games like that. But yeah, in this one, you control the uh, AI and the ship, and I think that's really exciting. Um, and I'm excited for that. And then I'm like equally excited. This might get some groans from our audience, but I've never played Five Nights at Freddy's. I always thought it looked kind of neat, but I think this game should live on the in a VR realm. Yeah, so oh, like, yeah. I'm excited to check that I out. I agree. Yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, overall, good announcements. I just wasn't thrilled um, with the show itself, but there was definitely some good announcements. You know. So what's funny is I feel the exact opposite of how you feel. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Chris, what were your thoughts on the state of play? Honestly, I think the state of play is very similar to an E3 presentation. All we're getting is trailers anyway. Um, and state of play, I think its biggest issue is that it lacked context. Um, for example, like I reported on Iron Man VR for PlayStation Lifestyle. And there was so much more detail. So you could have said that would have made it way more enticing than, than they did in oh, the state of play. Yeah. Like I remember that because, uh, they there was a whole like separate post about it afterwards with all this yeah. information about what you're going to be doing in the game it's and- interesting it's interesting story they're going to look into tony stark's uh personal demons and yeah, things yeah. like that i'm like that sounds and awesome. the, and 
you didn't get any of that from, from no. the trailer. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep, I'm with you on that. Um, so, uh, what was your favorite announcement they had from? Uh, my favorite announcement was Ready Set Hero. So I thought it was a cool little exclusive, um, kind of like a little party game where you could uh, go through a dungeon, um, get your loot, and then at the end, a fight against an opposing team with the loot you've collected. So it's kind of similar to Super Smash Brothers's uh, Smash Run mode. So huh. I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to to give that a go and play it. Yeah. Um. And uh, how did you feel about the sort of pacing of it? Because I know we talked about earlier that that it's too quick, too way quick, too random. Huh? Um. I think ending with Mortal Kombat 11 was a bit of a dumb idea. Um, <laughs> it's but... not even an exclusive, right? Yeah, just no, run. exactly. But also. If they're going to do this, they need to bring at least one big kind of news to the show. Like Nintendo Direct, you usually have one big bombshell every every time. And um, I, I would say that, but I would say that this is better than Inside Xbox because that Inside Xbox has awful pacing. It's just not fun to watch. Um, they, they they go on details and ramble on over and over and over for like. Uh, minutes on end like <laughs> yeah ages it lasts like two hours and it's just boring to watch i do want to say the quality on inside xbox does vary there are some like that and there are some where it's you know yeah, yeah. It, it flows better but yeah you're right some of them do drone on so um i think i really i was really pleased with the speed of it and the pacing and i know a lot of people are saying that they they want a human in there talking to you and shit i don't i don't care i don't need that yeah i don't yeah i don't really care um I, I was really, really happy with how fast it was because it, sometimes Nintendo Directs do this too where they'll show you a game and you can pretty much gather what the game is just from looking at the trailer and then some guy will ramble on, in this fighting game you will be fighting other players and other players are players that you will be fighting and it's just like, holy shit, I get it, it's a fighting game. So like, I don't know if people were wanting just like more explanation from from what each of the games were, but... We just I, need a bit more, a little yeah. bit more. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I-, I thought it was really cool that they showed off the No Man's Sky VR. I think that's... Oh, yeah, I'm excited oh, for yeah. that, too. That is... Oh, man. That is so awesome. Uh, and and then, obviously, me being an Everybody's Golf fan, Everybody's Golf VR. Uh, those were sort of my two takeaways from that. Um, and then I was shitting my pants when Marvel's Iron Man came on because I thought that was going to be the, the Square <sighs> Enix game. Yeah. And can you imagine opening with that and then like yeah set, exactly. setting the setting the tone for this little mini direct with freaking a new like triple a avengers game holy shit that would be cool uh but unfortunately that's not what we got <laughs> um yeah i don't know i think what they need to do next time is maybe say hey this is going to be focused on vr because the way they i can't remember the phrasing yeah. they used it was like uh upcoming announcements for ps4 and and PS uh, PSVR, which like that's what they did, but it I don't know. It got. I people think they really oversold it. Part of the reason people were so divided on it is if yeah. if you care about the VR or not. Yeah, you know, it got people like I think too excited about it. I don't know, but uh, hopefully we'll be seeing more of these in the future, and maybe they'll take some of the feedback that we've gotten or that they've gotten um, from this one and apply that to another one. I don't know if we're getting one at E three. I would maybe assume that we would be getting one around that time but i don't know i think that's also what might have caused so much pressure for it is they're not going to e3 
You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think people were like, this This has to be great. Yeah. This has to be the best. No, I think that's a great point. I think I, I, if they were going to E3 and we knew that we were going to be getting major announcements at that time, then this would just be sort of like a supplementary thing. Like, oh, cool little thing. Yeah. Not Because, I mean, I saw people on Twitter like, oh, my God, we're probably going to hear The Last of Us Part 2, maybe Bloodborne 2. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's th- right. lower your expectations. That's yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, people were getting, like, really hyped for this. But but since they're not going to E3, I think people were like, oh, this is taking the place of E3, like you said. I don't know that that's how they're looking at it. I guess not. I, ju- I just think PlayStation fans are getting nervous. Anxious about what's coming up in the future, you know? Yeah, and like for, for good like, reason. Like, we haven't got a game coming out this year that's super exciting. Like Days Con- Gone, Concrete maybe, Genie, but like at least not not confirmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I, I I understand why people are upset about this state of play thing. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, so let's take a, a little break, and then when we come back, uh, I want to hear what Josh has to say about Yoshi. And Chris, I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on Bloodborne. So we'll be back shortly. All right, everybody, we are back. Uh, so we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Uh, and so we've been playing a variety of games, and I I love the the vast difference in <laughs> Bloodborne and Yoshi's Crafted World. I think that's so interesting. So, Josh, um, hit me with your thoughts on Yoshi's Crafted World. Uh, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's That was good, Chris. It's really fun. Um, I do want to start by saying I don't think this is for everybody. Uh, particularly the price point, uh, your mileage may vary. Like I am perfectly fine with this costing sixty dollars, but other people may not be. Um, you don't just, think there's uh, a lot of content there, or what's, what's? Um, I think there's, I think there's content there. I just don't think that everybody in, in a world where games like Red Dead Two are the same price, I don't think is some people will find as feel like they're getting as much value for their. their That's a really years. interesting point. That's a um, really I, interesting point. I don't huh? know, like, like you and I have talked about, like. We don't ever, like, throw that into, like, a review, but, like, I think it's important, you know, in this conversation, like, this game is really fun, but, like, there, there's a, I guess what I'm saying is there's a demo on the eShop, download it first, see if yeah. this is a, a wait a wait game for you, or a sale game for you, or, you know, so, whatever. So, walk us through the gameplay, though. What's it, what does it play like? Uh, it's very, very, um, traditional to, uh, the, the 2D Yoshis, where, uh, you've got your flutter jump, you, uh, can, you know, eat enemies, and, you know turn them into eggs and shoot them at people and and that sort of thing um i didn't spend a ton of time with uh, yoshi's woldy world um my wife played more of that than i did but what i played of that i enjoyed it um i didn't play the one on 3ds i will say the one on super nintendo is among my favorite games though so like i'm pretty familiar with the formula and this one hits a lot of those same beats um uh so it's it's definitely enjoyable and fun um you'll go through a level and you'll um you're looking for collectibles, which is an interesting way to kind of slide the difficulty around. Um, are you just trying to go from beginning to end, or are you looking for all the collectibles? Because that can definitely um, kind of add um, difficulty and content to each level. Right. Because sometimes those collectibles can be hard to find. Um, there's a lot of interaction in this game in the background and foreground, too. Um, you know, there's there's things in the background that you can hit with eggs or things in the foreground, whether that be enemies or whether that be, um, you know... Um, cutouts of things that you'll hit and get coins or, or find things and that's that's neat there's also anybody that played a uh, new super Mario brothers you or, or the you know deluxe version on switch 
Um, I forgot what's his name, Navit. When Navit would go into levels and you'd have to go find him to uh, you know get an enemy he stole from Toad or whatever. There's a little bit of that going on with um, you know uh, somebody on the uh, you know like little, little map screen that you traverse across you know for for levels, um, which is more akin to like uh, Crash Bandicoot, uh, the, like the first one, or like Donkey Kong Country, and not like uh, Mario Three. You know, like it's at least so far where I'm at in the game, it's not like you know, moving around a board, it's just kind of moving from level to level. But anyway, there's like characters on the screen and they might be like, Hey, can you, uh, can you look for a paper plate fish in this level? And, and can you just hit it with an egg for me? Or, um, going back through and finding, um, a bunch of, uh, poochies, uh, which is, you know, the, the dogs. <laughs> so there's reasons thought, to revisit levels, not I thought, just in collectibles. But I like thought plural specific. of poochie was, poochies was just poochie. <laughs> oh, it might be. Yeah. <laughs> but, I'm uh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Uh, so there's reasons to revisit levels beyond just trying to do all the collectibles. So, I mean, I guess it, it, it really, your, your, your interest in what you want out of this game will, will affect on um, how much you enjoy it. Um, I think, and obviously at, at least for me, one of the biggest draws besides just the traditional beats of a Yoshi game for me is uh, the graphics are really, really cool. Um, anybody who's seen the marketing and trailers, um, you know, could, knows what I'm talking about, but if you, if you haven't seen any of it or seen much of it, um, everything looks like it, it's like from like a, like a like a, a diorama you know where there's cardboard and and clay and um hence the name you know, crafted world yeah like it it, it looks really cool because like the lighting reflects that too like a crumpled up piece of paper and like a, a blue background that was supposed to look like water and like a fish floating around a string like it wow. looks it looks like it was actually like and it's nintendo so like i would not even be the least bit surprised if they actually like did some of this shit when they were making the game you know to kind of experiment with level design and yeah. uh, the physics seem to behave accordingly, you know, with a, a, just, I don't know, the, the, the graphics and atmosphere for me are really fun. I got really excited and yelled at my wife to come into the other room when I went to like the, I don't know, it was like the fifth or sixth level where you're like underwater. Cause like you're underwater, but like, you're not actually underwater. You're still walking around in a diorama, but like, you know, you could, there's, there's fish on strings and there's a blue mm-hmm. construction paper and there's, but just those little touches are really cool. Like these things don't just look like they're meant to look like they were built they look like they were built like there's tacks holding things down and yeah. stuff so, so the it's, graphics it's really and the so the graphics and the pres- and the atmosphere is fun but is it paper thin in terms of gameplay um i like that sub headline a lot chris That's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, i i don't think so but I'm here again, for me it's going to uh, it's going to really determine like how much do you like yoshi games you <laughs> know cuz it, it's it's it doesn't seem to be other, other so far. I'm only like maybe in, a couple hours in, but so far, other than the background foreground interactions, um, seeming to be, I don't really recall that being much of a thing in the other games. But like, I'm not maybe they were, but it seems to be more of a focus point this time around, at the very least. Um, other than that, things don't seem to be that wildly different or innovative mm. in terms of like new Yoshi gameplay. It still feels like a traditional Yoshi game, so. Mm. I guess what I'm saying is if you're looking for, like, man, I wonder what they did with Yoshi gameplay this time around, it doesn't feel that different gameplay-wise. It mostly looks different. Yeah. Um, I wonder so if you're why... looking for new, then you're not really going to find it here in terms of gameplay. But if you're like, I want a fun Yoshi game, then, I mean, it's great. Um, particularly uh, with with my gym routine, I've been doing, like, an hour or two before work, an hour or two after work. So this has been really appealing because this is, you know, linear, of course. So, I mean, if you're looking for, like, a... A traditional Yoshi game that's a little different, but mostly leans on what makes a Yoshi game a Yoshi game. Then this is definitely it. Hmm. But if you're wanting like a whole bunch of new and different, then other than a couple things, uh, 
this is, this is mostly just a tra- traditional Yoshi game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think maybe it's a great palate cleanser to, you know, the people who are playing Sekiro or Devil May Cry <laughs> right or maybe now. Maybe they just finished Red Dead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, Chris, I know you've been playing a little bit of Bloodborne recently. Yes, I have. Um, um, get, just uh, sort of like what Josh just did with with Yoshi. Give me your thoughts on Bloodborne. I know it's a lot of okay. people have been playing it, and it's sort of being being talked about a lot more. So I want to hear how you feel about it. Okay, so uh, this week I finished my work on the From Software history piece on PlayStation Lifestyle. And as I was researching it, I was like setting myself and playing the game again. I was like, damn, this actually sounds like an amazing game again. So I beat up, downloaded it, and uh, yeah, I'm starting to love it. Um, I'm about three or four hours in. Uh, well, I, what does that mean, though, three or four hours in? Because three or four hours for right. one person. That's tricky can, with this kind of game, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat Father Gascoigne after grinding okay. up a lot. and. Um, I, I think the design of this game is immaculate. Like, I love how... Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, like, there's so many different branching pathways that you could go up and find secret things, secret items, um, and it rewards you for um, going out into different areas and, you know, uh, being risky. Um, but the and I've played less design, than you, but it, I, it yeah. feels good, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it definitely feels good. Um, the parrying system with the gun is so goddamn satisfying. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they finally really get hard. that last blow. It's Ooh. hard to pull off, but when you do it, yeah. you're like, man, I earned that. I did that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so curious, uh, when you were fighting Father Gascoigne, did you use the music box or did you opt out of that? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Oh, but it didn't cool. help me much, actually, because when the music box was used, I couldn't, uh, and he was stunned. Um, no damage was being put on him when I was attacking him, so I don't know what happened there. But huh. uh, I still won that fight. Um, that's really and... weird. You couldn't yeah. damage him? No. I, that, I don't think that's supposed to happen. I don't know. No. But, like... Huh. Um, He's playing the every Canadian once... version, though. It's a little... Odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But every once in a while, I just look up and I, I gaze at the location. Like, this thing is epic this game like how it looks the gothic art style to it the big castles and just it's amazing an atmosphere and the moon, the moon as well i'm just oh man um but yeah this this game is phenomenal i hope to play more of it i i hope i don't come reach a stumbling block with it because um this this is a great game yeah so one thing i will say is it obviously gets a lot harder than than Father Gascoigne. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But 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 please use summons uh, uh, to help you because mm-hmm. you may be like yeah okay yeah, I don't I don't I'm not one of those purists like oh you have to beat every boss by yourself I don't care about that just get through the game and if you if have it's to in summon, the game <laughs> it's like your disposal yeah 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 if you yeah, have it's to, not cheating of its mechanic for sure right if you have to summon go ahead and summon um, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's important to see that game. Uh, through to the end even if you play with other people because it's just so cool and i love how it changes i'm not i don't want to spoil anything but the way the game starts visually you know like you're in this victorian gothic sort of setting at the end of the game it's like fucking bananas man like i don't want to oh i can't wait i don't want to say anything (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna say anything yeah i'm gonna but i'm determined to finish i know you know this i'm just reminding you don't be afraid to take a break and play like something else for a couple days if you need to Mm -hmm. yeah you know to kind of reach and i have been i have been and uh, i've been playing some wolfenstein the new order so once i get frustrated with the game i put all my frustration into wolfenstein and killing 
all sorts of Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> which, which nobody can get mad at you for that. So that's fine. <laughs> so this is the, the this is the first Wolfenstein game, right? The, yes, the new Wolfenstein New Order. Yeah, yeah. And how are you liking that one? I know we talked about the first section being kind of boring, but once you get past that, it's really good. I thought, I thought honestly, the first section of the game, I, I really enjoyed. Oh, okay, <laughs> so good. I, I was like, when I played if it, I, yeah. if I, if I'm liking this, and they're saying this is a bad part, this is going to be an amazing game, and um, yeah, I, I was right. Uh, this is slowly creeping up into one of my favorite shooters I've ever played. Uh, it's so good though like i'm yeah. so happy you're playing it it's amazing how it intertwines the story with the fun fa- fast-paced thrilling gun combat it, it, it's 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 remarkable it's like call of duty up to the nth degree you know um and right. bj is such a badass like his one is are, yeah are so great yeah, yeah. And, I, and i just i love how it's like a mix of you know, it's obviously World War Two, but then there's just fucking robots and crazy yeah. machinery yeah. and stuff. It's so cool. I love and that. I love that era. I love that era of voice. Stuff. Yeah. His yeah. grizzly voice is just so cool. I was really um, excited to see people like want him to win, you know, for for the second one for best voice, you know, voice work oh, or whatever yeah, in the yeah, game yeah. awards. I, I'm not upset that like Arthur won, but like I was just happy to see, or I forgot his name, but you know Arthur Morgan. <laughs> but it was yeah. so cool seeing him get like excitement because like he does a good job, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so that those are two games that are sort of different, but I think it's good to bounce back and forth because yeah. Wolfenstein's very linear and very to the point. Not that's not a bad thing, but very different than Bloodborne, which Bloodborne yeah. you get thrown into an area and you don't even know where to go sometimes. Um, and they're, they're testaments to like. You should play games that are outside your comfort zone, you know, because you might yes, get a nice surprise. So, right. if there's a game you think oh, it looks cool, but it's not my kind of thing, just play it. Just do yeah. it. Yeah, as long as you get a free copy, because if you buy a version and then yeah. you hate it, that's bad. <laughs> well, and, and I just want to say this too, because like I, I, Joseph and you and I know this. We used to work at GameStop, but like most people don't know this. If you buy a used game, you can return it. Yes, you can. Back. No, no, no questions asked, and it could be, it could be. I didn't. You can tell them I didn't like this game within seven days. You don't have to lie and be like, "Oh, it didn't work." Seven days, you can just say I didn't like it. I don't know. It's if not only used games for me either. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I know that. I know that games America, for me. Yeah, you can do that, but because oh, I, I can games? actually, I can do it with new games too. How does Over that work? In Canada. Um, they, yeah, you return the copy, and then they sell it as the used copy. Oh, oh, so they in America they just kind of laugh. So they yeah. eat the money. They eat the money. They eat the money. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> well, anyway. But yeah, so if you're not sure, just buy it used. Because if you don't like it, you just go back to GameStop and return it. You know, like you don't have to lie either. You can just say I didn't like the game. Right. Yeah. But the way they make the money from that is they uh, have a membership card called Edge. Um, yeah. Oh so my god. You can Edge, get up to that. a gold card or a platinum card, and that's how they make the money because it's basically free money. Just have a card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah. So um, speaking of Bloodborne, uh, <laughs> there's a, a little from software game that everybody's been playing recently called Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice, which I uh, talked a little bit about last week, but I put a lot more time into it. Probably mm. like twelve more hours into it. This Damn. maybe even more, twelve, fifteen more hours into it, and it has finally clicked for me. When I was playing it last week, it it just felt like going through the motions of a from software game and then it and i wasn't sure it was going to click for me but it finally did click and 
Oh man, I am like, I, I am very surprised, well, and I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm still surprised at how From Software can take this idea of a of a sort of uh, mantra in a game, right, and and then change it completely to where it feels totally different from the other games that they've published and and or that they've uh, developed, but but still has that like same core feeling of like okay this they is... seem like they're very good at subverting expectations yeah. in their own genre so so one of the things that finally clicked with me in Sekiro is uh, the way the combat works um in Bloodborne especially it, it's a lot of just attacking like you you attack with your sword you can your yep. shield or, or not shield but your sword or axe whatever it is and you have like a like a the R1 attack which is your lighter attack and then your heavy attack which is R2 well and then you have to manage your stamina and all that in Sekiro, you don't have a stamina bar. You have what is called your posture meter. And how that works is it's it's sort of like a almost like a guard meter in a way where when you when you guard a move, you'll you'll guard it and you won't take any damage, but your posture meter will go up. So if there's an enemy who is just like wailing on you, that meter is going to go up. And once that reaches its max limit, then you can't guard anymore and then you take damage like a lot. So what's really interesting is like, figuring out how to work that system like when to when to uh deflect a move and deflecting a move will reduce the enemy's stamina meter or uh, uh posture meter as well so it's like it's really really deep it i think it's way more deep than than bloodborne and dark souls combat because you can maybe get through that game just attacking and just not worrying about the posture meter but the addition of this posture meter it, it totally changes. Like I've never seen anything like that really um, in an action game. And there are certain enemies where a lot of people are like banging their head against walls, trying to get, trying to beat, you know, defeat the enemy uh, when all they're doing is attacking them. And what you really need to do, and it's so simple is just deflect their moves. And if you keep deflecting their moves, the, the enemy's stamina or I keep saying stamina, it's right. posture. The enemy's posture meter will max out and then though you can attack them and, uh, and, you know, do like a, it's called a, uh, God, it's like a, like a, almost like a one hit kill sort of thing. And, and it's just really fascinating how people sort of went into this, okay, this is going to be another Dark Souls clone. And maybe on the surface it is, but the combat is just, oh my goodness, so good. I, I have a question for you about that. Like, yeah. For, for me, like, I've, I've heard a few complaints about the game that the bosses are very similar. Like, the strategy is very similar to what you have to do with every single boss. Unlike Dark Souls or Bloodborne, where you have to think think of different strategies. Is that the same, or is that the case mm. in this game? Or? I don't I don't think so. I really don't. Um, and also, you have to take into account that a lot of people that are saying that are maybe only discussing, like, the first couple bosses, because that's as far as they've gotten. Because <laughs> I know a lot of... <laughs> Because I know a lot of, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but like I've just seen people on on Twitter, like they're all like, okay, I made it to this boss, and it's all basically the same. Everybody's basically at the same area. Um, and when you get into like the later game areas, yeah, some of those bosses are like you have to do certain things even to to be able to fight them and stuff. Like you can you can just try to face them, but if you don't have a, a certain item or whatever, you're not gonna have a good time. So no, I don't agree with that at all. Like. Like, for example, the Lady Butterfly boss, the way I handled her was totally different than the way I, I handled uh, Genichiro, which is the one that a okay. lot of people are, are, are stuck on. So, no, I don't agree with that at all. Um, and it's really fascinating, too, because there are certain bosses who, like, uh, you know, you can 
you can almost like cheese them in a way uh and if you try to use that same cheese on another boss it it won't work at all so it, it's very very complicated the way uh the bosses are structured and i think it's so cool it's complicated in a good way it's not just okay just attack the enemy and then kill them and then that's it like you there's so much there's so much that you have to it's almost like a fighting game it feels like right so yeah and then there's a certain there's a certain point where the game really opens up and i think that's uh, a lot of people maybe haven't gotten to that point like it's sort of losing players before that and when it opens up that's when it's like okay i get what this game is i get what it wants me to do i'm still not very good at it but i'm gonna try my best Mm. and look up youtube videos on how to get through each of these fights right is this the most challenging uh from software game (sighs) it's really tough to say because on one hand I think yes, but only because I've put so much time into the other games, and it's I, I can't play it the way I've played those games. You know, I have to play it. Yeah, you have to different. have a different mindset. Right. Yeah. So, like, with that in mind, yeah. But on the other hand, like, if this is your first From Software game, well, maybe you won't find it as challenging, at least comparatively speaking. But then you still oh. might find it hard because you've never played a From Software game. So, I don't know. I, it, what's interesting too is that it does a lot. Like, like I mentioned, the combat is way more complicated than any other Souls or whatever game. But th- there are a lot of things that it adds to it that makes it more accessible, like the being able to respawn multiple times if you have the right items. Um, like, uh, just sort of the way you can stealth around and just take out enemies without them noticing you. Like, there are a lot of features added to this game that are more accessible, like not having to go get your stuff back after you've died, like that kind of thing. So on the one hand, yeah, maybe it's easier, but the combat itself, I feel like, no, it takes a, a while to master. All right. So, so yeah, uh, I am absolutely loving Sekiro. It might be my game of the year. I don't know. Resident Evil 2, man, that game, <laughs> that game is, yeah, I, I haven't decided. I haven't, I haven't finished Sekiro. I'm about maybe three fourths of the way through it. So I'll probably cool. have it finished next week. Um, so yeah, and then I've just been, and then also I played a little bit of Modern Warfare Remastered after we talked about that last week, and, uh, that (laughs) game, yeah, I sent you that screenshot of, of me just destroying everyone. (laughs) (laughs) The, the only game I can do really well in, in a competitive multiplayer setting. And then quickly, I know we're, uh, we're running long here. I just wanted to touch on Baba Is You. Um. Yeah, that looks really cool. I want to play that soon. So Baba Is You is really cool because it takes... Uh, sort of these traditional puzzle mechanics that we are familiar with, but it combines them with uh, uh, making sentences out of out of the words that are literally on the map, like in the world. So, for example, Baba is you. That means you play it, you're Baba. And if you if you you can move all those words around, you can move around Baba and is and you. And if you take away you, then you die because then you're not you. You get what I'm saying? So so then. Huh. Right. So, and then there can be another one that is like, uh, like flag is win. So it, you can, and if there's a rock in front of you and it's, it's labeled as rock is push or something like that, you can switch flag is win, the win and move it over to rock is win. And then you, when you touch the rock, you beat the level. So, oh, that's cool. So it's really, but it gets really fucking hard. It's almost like the witness in terms of when you do a puzzle, it took, it took you forever to beat. And then there's an even harder one afterwards. So yeah, you, it looks like it introduces you to these mechanics and it just kind of plays with them. Yeah. You know, like that's, that sounds cool. And, and I know I haven't gotten very far into it, but I know like towards the end of the, of the game, it gets crazy. Like the sentences are really long. Like, 
uh, Baba is you and float or something like that. And you can float on the water or something. But if you take away and float, well, then you can't float. But then you can add that to something else. So the puzzles are like really, really smart, I think. And if you're looking for something that is going to like rack your brain or like that's going to make you think a lot, then I think Baba is you is for you. I don't really think the game is for me just because it's I think it's too hard. Like I get, I get so frustrated. I like how you just came off of talking about Sekiro and Bloodborne. Oh yeah, I would much rather. <laughs> funny. I I would much rather play Sekiro and Bloodborne and get frustrated with that than try than racking my brains on a puzzle. Like it took me like uh, seriously like thirty minutes to get through this this like one minute level, and I'm just like. Meanwhile, the the Baba as you community's like get good, Joseph. Yeah, uh, fair enough, and maybe I do, and <laughs> and yeah, like I can't remember what it was like there. Uh, there's there are these skulls if you touch them you die or something like that and you have to there's this you can like move walls and shit like hmm. wall is is stay or wall is push or something like that and if you switch it out then you can't move the wall but then that makes it so you can add that to another sentence you're basically combining sentences to interact with the world and the words are there in person you and you literally have to push them around like a and is this game fine with a controller yeah yeah, I have no problem. Okay. I, I think it's on Switch, and it's like 15 bucks. I think uh, it's if you're into puzzle games, I definitely would recommend it. Okay, I'll probably pick it up soon. Yeah, it, it's it, really, it looks interesting. It's cool. Yeah, and it's one of those games that you, maybe you should play with another person so you both can try to figure out the puzzles because I just was having so much trouble on my own. <laughs> oh, good idea. My wife and I played Portal like that, and it mm-hmm. was really fun, you know, switching yeah. back and forth and kind of helping each other. Right. So yeah, that's what I've been playing. Um, was there another? Was there anything else anybody wanted to to talk about, or anything anybody wanted to say before we say goodbye for the day? I'm looking forward to you uh, getting Yoshi because I want to hear, you know, how I, yeah, what, what yeah. You I don't know. Too. I don't know. And just in case anyone in the audience is like think like I, I love it. If I had to give it a rating, so far I'd probably give it like an eight. You know, like it's it's good. It's just it's your 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 mileage will vary. You right. know. Yeah. So yeah, I want. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it too because um. You know, yeah, I don't know yeah. when I'm going to get it. Maybe this week or something. I'm not sure. Um, Chris, any closing thoughts? Uh, not, not really. No. Like, do you have anything? Nothing really comes to mind. Do you have anything you're working on at PlayStation Lifestyle that you want to plug? Any features? Uh, yeah, I'm still working on the JRPGs that are coming out this year. Um, so we've already had a few big, big hitters, but I want to reference some of the smaller ones that you guys should check out. Um, yeah, I think that's it so far. Um, I'm cool. still pitching some ideas. Cool. Um, okay. And uh, and Josh, where can people find you online if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, Twitter at Mr. Josh Nichols and Twitch uh, JerkJersh77. Are you streaming anything coming up on your Twitch channel? Um, I think I'm going to do some streaming this week. Uh, I've just been really busy with overtime and working out, but I think I'm going to try to uh, stream some more. Uh, um, I always forget the name of uh, the Call of Cthulhu game, uh, Curse of the Earth. I don't know. It's like an old PC game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. playing a little bit of it a week or two ago, and it's really good. I'm cool. enjoying that. So I'll try to stream some more of that this week. Cool. Um, and Chris, where can people find you online? You can find me at Penwell Writes on Twitter cool. and on PlayStation Lifestyle as well. Yeah, where, where you're busting uh, your ass covering news. <laughs> oh, my God. And yeah. that uh, From Software piece you wrote was really good. Everybody should check that out. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I know that was a lot of work. I know those. Oh those, man, it's crazy. Those features, people read them in five minutes, and then you're like, "That took me f- like five hours to write." You know, maybe even more than that. I so, think it did take five hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah, cool. 
Um, and then as for me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Aiden, and uh, I'm, of course, covering news on PlayStation Lifestyle as well. Um, in terms of... Uh, I don't think I've got any features in the works right now, but I did just publish... Um, I did a, an interesting piece. I, I ranked all of the From Software games uh, that we've reviewed on PlayStation Lifestyle by their review score. Mm-hmm. So that that was an interesting one. And then I uh, I did uh, differences between Sekiro and the Dark Souls series. So that was kind of a cool. fascinating piece to look at. Because like, you always hear people saying that they're basically the same and they're totally not. not um, yeah. So cool. Um, thank you, everybody. Um, this has been episode 16 and we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening to Active Quest. I just wanted to let everybody know that we are now on iTunes. Just search for Active Quest and you'll be able to find us there. Just remember that leaving five-star reviews is super helpful with the iTunes algorithm and it helps us get discovered and find new listeners, so we would appreciate that as well. I'd like to thank my co-hosts, uh, Chris Penwell and Josh Nichols, for being awesome on the show and for editing the podcast as well. And of course, the listeners. You guys rock. I really appreciate all of you. I know there are a lot of video game podcasts out there, so it means a lot for you to give us a try. Thanks again, everybody. Take care.